Welcome back to another episode of Art of the Flow, where float centers thrive. I am one of your co-hosts, Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my lovely, lovely wife, Sandra. And yeah, we've been around, what, nine years now, something like that, over nine years. And I think the worst um, incident that we ever had due to maintenance was simply uh, an issue while doing maintenance, which was not turning off the float tank um, and having the uh, filter turn on. I think this has actually happened twice to us. The filter turned on while doing maintenance. And I mean, technically this has happened many times, but only two times has it killed our float tanks. Um, I think, uh, you know, when Sandra, when we very first opened, she was cha- like learning how to change the filters was by herself and and did that and had the the salty water geyser up to the ceiling, which was hilarious because you could see the, like, like a heat map, you could see exactly what took place uh, because of all the salty residue. Um, but uh, beyond that, there was uh, the Sorry. killing of our... <laughs> oh boy, I'm glad I brought her into that. <laughs> we need to... We need to... <laughs> you I just need to talked faster. about yeah. half the podcast. It's yeah. supposed to be one sentence, Dylan. Yeah. Wow. I just love the sound of my own voice. It's just such <laughs> it went a great off. voice. It went off. So we killed the, we killed the CPU on, on the thing and it took forever to get it back up. I'm Dylan. I'm one of your co-hosts. <laughs> Portland. Float shop. Oh, my yeah. Okay, so I am Gloria Morris with Float 60. And gosh, we've had just one episode after another with related to maintenance. But the Time's most... Time's up. Drew? <laughs> 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 I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This is Drew from New Hampshire Float, and I'm not sure... What's going on tonight? But <laughs> my, I think my, um, I guess the worst. I've had that whole Dylan thing happen as well, but not not catching a small leak that turned into a big leak that caused mm. major pipe problems. And I should have seen that small leak. Shame on me. Shame. <laughs> Shame. I'm. Oh, we're gonna have fun tonight. I can already tell. I'm Kim Hannon, and I co-own. <laughs> Sukino Float Center in Salt Cave in Southern Indiana with my husband. And um, I, we've done pretty well on maintenance, but there was a case recently where there happened to be hair caught in a propeller and a pump went out. And the two could very likely be related, but no one is saying that, <laughs> but it might have happened. But, but nobody's saying it. Yeah. But nobody's saying that. Love it. There's no accusations. Well, I'm so glad to have such a clear vision of the issues that you guys have had at your float centers. <laughs> this is great. And I know you love knowing all of the issues I've had. Um, we want to talk about maintenance today. We want to get into the, some of the nitty gritty of the, the daily stuff, the weekly, and maybe even like the monthly and, and annual. And I'm even curious if we have some differences or if certain people are more detailed. I definitely know on the float collective, there are some people who really go into some, some nitty gritty so let's talk about that. Before we get started, I do want to mention, gosh, I already referenced Sandra earlier and I'm going to reference her again. She, I wouldn't say she's a jealous person in particular, but she has had to do some adjusting as I've fallen in love with two bots in my life. There's my Roomba iRobot bot that I am passionately in love with and Helmbot. Yeah, Helmbot. It's the software built from the ground up by Float Center owners specifically for us and for you so that you can run your Float Center efficiently. And we used to have so many tabs open at our Float Center um, so that we could do project management scheduling for our employees. We had different schedule for scheduling our customers. 
we're keeping measurements on uh, what's a papyrus, this this uh, paper material. It was all ridiculous, and now we cut down all of our subscriptions. It's all just in Float Helms that we're doing tank measurements, employee scheduling, schedule a tour, and you get a demo now too that you can actually put it on. You know, visit it through the, their portal and set it up for your business. It's just. It's a no-brainer. You could just make sure it's a perfect fit for you. There's absolutely no risk involved whatsoever. There are also some really, really cool people behind the scenes. Um, obviously, Graham and Ashcon, kind of the, the creators of the software, but also um, all the people who are, um, when you open a ticket, if there's an issue, just awesome people behind the scenes that always seem to get right back to me when they really should just be sleeping, but they don't seem to. Anyway, Helmbot.com is where you want to go to check them out. So... <clears throat> maintenance. Yes. You guys do maintenance or do you just have your employees do it? I do all of the maintenance <laughs> at my place. Great. I know, I know the answer for Gloria. Kim. Do you, do you know, Dylan? Oh God. Do you know I feel that's... like I've heard everything already. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. Um, yeah. We could talk about that later, but yeah, I've got a whole process in place to handle you know, issues that come up, not necessarily proactive maintenance. I guess that's a clarifying question I have for tonight. Are we talking about preventative maintenance? Are we talking about just in time uh, tuning? Are we talking about major breakdowns? Because I can speak to all three of the above. (laughs) Especially the breakdowns. I I guess we should have refined the topic. Oh my goodness. This brings up a good point. If you're doing preventative maintenance, does that mean that the other stuff doesn't happen? Mm, no, uh, it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't no, at all. No. Not even close. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so just, um, and, and you know, one thing I want to steer away from is in between floats. I think that's a completely different type of maintenance that, that actual day-to-day um, sanitation, of course, has been adjusted through COVID times. Um, let's, do, let's do that another time. But uh, we do, basically, we have, um, is it called bi-weekly when it's twice a week? Anyway, we have a twice a week maintenance. And then we also have, <laughs> Kim's shaking her head now, that's not correct. Um, I was taught in elementary school it could mean both, but apparently there is a different term for bi-weekly that's twice a week and bi-weekly every other week. Anyway, different podcast. So um, Kim's like, yes, that is correct, Dylan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is an odd episode. So uh, let's see here. Where, where was I talking about? So twice a week for me, for us, is getting inside the float tank and wiping it down. I think there are some people who are doing that every single night. Where do you guys stand on that? Scum line. Uh, specific. I'll go. So, uh, okay, go ahead. Okay, you go so first. I, um, no, I do please. weekly. I, I jump in and do weekly scum lines. Um, daily anything I can reach from the outside. And if there's ever a reason that I'm inside, I'll do it also. Or if I notice it visually, I'll jump in and do an extra one. And usually that only happens if someone has some oils or something that they didn't uh take off properly. Um, But I only, I do that once a week and I'm changing filters every other week or weekly slash as needed, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and as far as uh, Float 60 is concerned, we so just kind of ebb and flow with the occupancy, but we used to close one full day every other week 
in opposite of each location. So if we were closed one day, one week in one city location, we would keep the other one open. So we would go back and forth. So there'd never be one, never be two locations closed at the same time. Sure. Um, so we have, you know, our deep maintenance day and our team calls it deep clean, which I don't like. I think mm-hmm. we need to change that just because I think if you say that to a customer, like I've heard somebody say, you know, that's our deep clean day. I think that suggests that you're not deep cleaning the other days. Oh, interesting. So maintenance day, I think, is Uh, the proper uh term, right? Because you are doing things like changing filters. So we would rotate those filters every every week and then do the deep, deep cleaning um, every other week and sometimes every week, depending upon how busy we were. Um, So yeah, as far as is that type of thing. And then we have our like daily tasks that we do with enzyme every day and H2O2 every evening and all of that. So I don't know if we're going to talk about that, but that's all built into Helm. Another shout out to Helm. If if you don't use that tracking um, for, for each room, you can actually do a logbook for each room. So you know exactly what you've done in each of the tanks. And, um, you know, you could track those metrics by room, which I don't think any other software does that right no no so that's huge not not to like keep the non-paid ad going here but like just again like just speaking like like my love for this thing it it actually came up the other day i walked in opening and uh employee called out sick and i came in and it kind of had that gym sock smell you know there's like this little weird smell that any float center owner knows this the hydrogen peroxide level has hit zero basically, um, yeah. and it was great that I could go into Helm and go like, oh yeah, this was low. This employee should have escalated to me. At, I I can't remember what it was like a twenty six or twenty ppm is when you should alert me, um, and you know had the systems <laughs> worked properly, that meant that that would have gotten an extra dose of hydrogen peroxide, and we would have been hotly monitoring it, and um, that was it, it. Just works out well that way. It stays stays on top of those things. Um, but yeah, so, um, alkalinity, pH, all that stuff. Not that we're going to deep dive into those, but that's a weekly for you or is that a daily or bi-weekly? We don't check that. We don't check pH and alkalinity in our tanks at all. Okay. We check them weekly. Yeah. We, we, uh, do weekly checks on those. There are sometimes it might go a little bit longer than that, but that's, that's my husband's job. Nice. And Drew, are you... Are you focusing on that? No. Yeah, I, I think no. that's interesting. I feel like that's a newer float center person or maybe somebody who adds more chemicals in general. Yeah. But I think in general, once, you, once you've made your batch like, and it's good, I, it doesn't seem to change a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. That may depend on your area. And, and if you don't have a filter, a proper filter on your, um, you know, some people have hard water and, and all that that can be adding iron and stuff like that into your mix, but. Yeah, we don't have to do any of that. We are checking the water levels every day. And then, you know, obviously the H2O2. Our area is no, like they're just so well known for hard water. And so we actually had to install a um, water softener after we opened because it was still so bad and we were, you know, getting um, different minerals and things. So we installed that and, and that's one of the reasons to check everything. Cool. Awesome. I love that. Um. And so, Drew, you said you're changing filters as needed. Um, how do you know when you need to change a filter? 
if I if I have any issues, it's like the first thing I do. I sure, change a filter. Okay. It'll be the first move I make. Um, but I also, and this has come up in the in the Flow Collective quite a bit lately. I also utilize a sump pump attached to a carbon activated mm-hmm. filter. Yes, and that's a big thing that. As far as ongoing maintenance, I kind of consider that water maintenance because I can, I'll do, I'll actually, I'll do that first and then change the filter if needed. So I'll throw the sump pump, attach a hose from the sump pump to the carbon activated filter, which I purchased at Home Depot, throw them both into the float tank. I hang the um, sump pump off of the bottom just a little bit because that warms up and I don't want to create any issues if it hits the um, heaters underneath Hmm. or even just being on the fiberglass. So I kind of hang it a little bit above the the (laughs) bottom and um, finesse it. Finesse it. Yeah. Shut the door on it. Let Hmm. it hang. And then typically I'd say 99% of the time that will actually take care of any water issues. And that could be, um, I have a big problem with patchouli, at least in my nose. I can smell patchouli for days, like two or three days after someone uses it. And I think doesn't, I don't think that comes off easily. And if someone has soap from shampoo or their body that didn't, they didn't thoroughly rinse off, you can see that floating around in the water. So that's kind of my first go-to now. It used to be just to go straight to the filter. Now I use that carbon activated filter. If that doesn't work, I'll change the filters. But yeah, I'll change filters. I'll get rid of filters. Filters aren't that expensive. And in my mind, it's not worth like trying to squeeze out every little bit of filter. So I spend dumber stuff. I spend you know, $40 on dumber stuff. So I change the filters and have (laughs) no issue with, I'd buy one once a month and have no issue with it. If that made people feel better, if that was needed, I don't care. I have no problems with that. So yeah, I'm a big filter changer. I think that solves a lot of my issues too. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, It's amazing no matter what the peroxide levels are, if your filter is full, I feel like things can survive in there and start to grow. And that's when you can get discoloration or smells. Kim, what were you going to say? Yeah, so I want to go back to your sump pump yes, filtration system. Yeah. Like, mm, yeah. I've never heard of anybody doing that. So you've what? just basically like oh, set up. Me. Yeah, no, like everybody just, should have this. Every so flow it's, center. It's just part of your your maintenance to run it through this sump pump filtration system that you've created inside the tank. Well, it's it, Wait, walk me yes, through that again. A, w- Is right, it bi-weekly? So. Is it twice a week? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think this is maintenance, right? This is to fix something, right? Well, I do I do periodically throw them into the huh. I'll just I'll do it maybe once a week to each one. Really? I will periodically do it. So you yeah. run it through the sump pump and the filtration and then right back into the tank? Like Yeah, this it all it comes out, it goes in. Yeah. Um I put it into a I keep it in a five gallon bucket when I'm not using it. Mm-hmm. I actually fill that five gallon bucket up with hot water and flush it through the whole system Mm -hmm. when I'm not, you know, after I use it once, but yeah, I use that regularly as maintenance. I love how the water looks after I use that. I'm always very satisfied with it. Um, And I think it's also an awesome thing to have on hand because if some hair dye gets out or something like that happens. It's an excellent filter to have. And it's not just like the RV filter. I've seen some people talking about that or those Mm -hmm. end of the hose filters 
which yeah. I use when I'm filling my water, but to actually clean the water, a carbon activated filter, it's fairly cheap, under a hundred bucks. You could do get the whole sump pump filter system. That's and I think it works great. Oh, yeah. interesting. So what I'm talking about is like you attach it to your hose. You're This is something that is a sub pump and filter? Yeah. Correct. I need, yeah. I need a link to that. ASAP. Yeah. I yeah we'd like a video of you actually exactly. doing this so that oh, we yeah. can get a visual. Totally. I, I think our listeners I think would I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Because I do the RV thing too, like with the RV um, filter going through my hose and we spray the tanks out, you know, each night with that. So it's, you know, carbonate uh, filter for the, the inside of the tanks. But that's, oh, I see you're, you're doing saying. something. We're like, all talking so about something different. Yeah, we when we're filling the tanks, it's with uh, water that's been filtered already through Got the it. carbon filter, um, and then it goes through all of our regular circulation process. But Drew so, has this whole little setup. We need a we need a photo. We need yeah, a video. Yeah, I just, I just we need texted a TikTok. you. <laughs> we, okay, well, this will Create be in our show reel. notes for sure. Uh, oh yeah, this is okay. Oh, well, that is that is a heavier duty filter than I was thinking. But like, I think I'm more the RV style. But so what I have is a sub pump hooked up to a short hose. And then on the tip of that, you screw on this carbon filter. And and I swear by that when it comes to hair dye, um, that will take the color out of hair dye. And I see in the Flow Collective all the time, people are freaking out about hair dye. I don't even take it that seriously anymore because we can nip it so quickly. Um, but this, I feel like, would be even more efficient. Um if, I feel like that could yeah. move more water. Um, and I also did see somebody who did use a carbon filter and didn't seem to be able to fix their their water. So um, mm-hmm. I think they ended up dumping a batch. So I guess it's not a cure-all, but for any experience I've ever had. And yeah, can we share that photo? By the way, beautiful floors sure. too. That looks great. Epoxy, thank you. Wow, is that like when your float center just started? Because that is a clean floor and wall. That was uh, yesterday. Damn, Drew. I love yeah. that. Nice. I love that. Thank so you. let's talk about your main, forget my maintenance. It's not good. <laughs> let's talk about yours. So when you go in, gosh, I know you don't, you don't like to have a lot of employees. So how do you hold yourself accountable? Do you just go in and spot clean? Do you go, okay, I'm going to mop the floors this way every night. Do you, I mean, how do you approach it? I approach it as if I'm the customer and I look around and I look for, I run my hand over things to feel for salt out over surfaces, um, constantly doing that. Um, I'm visually inspecting. I'm, I'm the biggest visual inspector. Nobody's coming into my place and visually inspecting more than I do. And if they like, sometimes it might be something that I'm like, Oh, I'll get that later. But you know, otherwise I'm catching it before you do. And um, I'm just on a, I have my half days on Mondays, my closed days on Tuesdays. I know what I have to get done. And in those days I do it slash if there's an opportunity to do something or a need, whether that's to come in early or stay late to do something extra, then I'll do that. But I have my, I have two big filters in a separate pump room. I do those every other week together. I have my wave filter, which is a little smaller. I do that one weekly. And um, then I'm just constantly visually inspecting everything every day. I'm looking at caulking. I'm looking at um, the ceilings, the walls, the lighting, the light cans, I look at everything. I'm just constantly looking around the room for any little imperfection because quick story, in my pump room, 
it's not, I can't walk around all of my pump system and maybe we can add a picture of this. So I have to be real careful. And there was a pipe on one of the filters that kind of in a way faces the other side of the filtration. So I don't always get to see it. And apparently there had been a little leak. I came in one day and there was a lower water level than normal in my affiliate tank. Uh, mm -hmm. So I said, okay, what's going on? Something's wrong. I go into the pump room and I see crystallized salt all over the gray base. I said, where's that coming from? It took me a while to figure out where it was coming from, but it was a small leak that happened at one of the unions and oh. a whole bunch of salt crusted up underneath it. Mm -hmm. And it was salt from the union to the base and it was hardened. So it must've been a small leak. Right. And this is what happens with the salt. It was a small yeah. one built up over time, became an iceberg. And then it caused the whole union to loosen up. I couldn't believe it. And I think what, you know, with the vibration of the, of everything that also kind of helped to loosen it, but I didn't notice it until it was a bigger problem. Then I went in, cleaned it all up and tightened it up and it was perfect. No problem then. But um, visually, I was really bummed on myself that I didn't catch that because, and now I learned I need to kind of duck under to see this one or, or look around the filter, if you will. Mm -hmm. But it, now I look at all the little nooks and crannies a little bit closer because that happened. And that's the problem with some of this stuff. If you're not being proactive, yes. you don't see it till it's a major issue and you lose half your water and you have to shut down the tank and figure out what the heck is going on. That's a horrible scenario to find yourself in. You know, that's something I wanted to mention tonight is keeping your equipment clean will allow you to spot those issues sooner so that you don't have, you know, a flood or even just like a slow buildup kind of thing. Because if, if you splash some salt on your equipment and don't clean it, then it's just it's just a salty mess and there's nowhere to go from there. You're not going right. to see these things I like that. Right. But if you're cleaning it, like it's pretty easy. It's fairly easy to see like a big salt spill. You know, you'll see that layer of crystallized salt. So then you say, okay, well, why is that there? That shouldn't be there. That's normally clean. So that's the type of visual inspection. And caulking is a big one. That's one I'm, I'm constantly redoing, even if it's not necessary, because that's another one on the edges of the tanks. If there's a little... Hmm deficiency in that that gets in underneath that'll just build up and you'll never notice it you can't as far as i'm concerned you shouldn't be going a year without recocking i think that's your a, old cock and then install new or do you just go over i go i go over I, 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 <laughs> this will we'll rate it explicit i i don't know <laughs> You go over. Okay. You know, one thing I've been nervous about with my with my isopod is they said once the humidity starts up, um, it can be dangerous to call to caulk in your tank because uh, there could be moisture buildup that will call cause bubbling or mold issue inside, you know, trapped inside. So uh, that's good to know that you do that. I if you guys could see these videos. That's I'm what she at. said. <sighs> um <laughs> Yeah, so I I okay. don't rip I don't rip out the old cock. I try to go over. I I usually go over it with the new cock. <laughs> great, great. And with the caulking, you can kind of see where like little air bubbles will form, almost where it kind of starts to rip apart. So, yeah, I just I watch the cock a lot. Great. great. Stop. Where Austin powers it? Good. Um. Um, we'll be right back yes. messages. 
you know, you have the beginner's mind. Every time you look in your center, you're looking for mm. everything as if you're seeing it for the first time. So I love that. I, well, I try. I try. I think that's well a great part of, um, I think I learned that from restaurant industry, which was yes. great background to have. And yeah, mm -hmm. so looking at those little, little details. Drew can really see the cock for the first time every time. And that is, that is a gift. If only we could all. It's a wonderful life to if, live. If only it could be that special for the rest of us. Wow. Very impressive. Um, I imagine we'll cut that part. Um, let's see here. So... <clears throat> Has anyone had to replace a filter? Because I haven't had to do that yet, but I'm prepared to, and I have backup filters. Dylan, I know you've had to replace a filter or two. I, yeah. I mean, wait, you, I just replaced pump, a I'm filter. Sorry, pump. Okay, yeah, I was the, just going to say, oh, yeah. Pump, I was going to ask the we question, like, do, you guys, for sure. do you guys keep extra motors on hand? We just yes. had this happen. And oh, um, I mean, we've replaced probably over the years, We've replaced ten. Oh, I mean, yeah, centers, but that's a big number. Okay, yeah, but but like in our River North location, that's been the busiest. I mean, we have rifled through because of various reasons. But huh. so that's yeah, that's we actually just did one. That's actually one of the reasons that we decided we wanted three of the exact same vessel in our center nice. because yeah, yeah. all of our extra stock and parts and maintenance it's equipment, yeah, it's all the same. It's really really easy. Yeah. So, um. Sadly, whenever we first received our our wave rooms, uh, one of them, the we just had a bum motor. It happens, you know, one of the, the pumps just didn't work then. So we immediately, they swapped that one out for us, no problem. Um, so I don't really count that as like a big replacement, but it kind of was. It was experience for us. They, I mean, we hadn't even floated anybody yet and had to re, like learn how to replace that. Um, so that was a nice Good. skill to pick up. But then we just recently had to replace another one and we, you know, we, we just learn to keep extras on hand just because you never know. And that's not exactly something that is like a, just run down the street and pick it up. No. Sometimes it, it can be, but not often. It, yeah. If, if yeah, your pool store isn't open on, you know, Sunday or whatever, mm -hmm. then you're, yeah. you're shut down. Yep. Yes. You know, what uh, we've had to replace a ton of too. And we have these beautiful Kohler showers, but they have these handles and mm -hmm. we've had to replace those. I mean, I just ordered another five because wow. yeah, they just kind of fall apart at some mm -hmm. point. And these were really nice pieces of, you know, accessories when we first opened the River North location. I ended up going with a rain shower for our second and third locations because I don't want people messing with the handle. But mm -hmm. I think it's because people are, you know, yeah. manipulating it and messing with it. Yeah, I just had to replace five of those you or just buy a backup. I, I want to go back, but first talking about what you're talking about. Um, when we first opened, my plumber was talking about how like in hotels, you get more industrial knobs. You know, you don't get necessarily the most yeah. highfalutin, finesse, nice stuff because they tend to break more. And so <laughs> yeah. even if you want it to look super classy, you kind of have to go with the stuff that's doesn't have a lot of moving parts, a little bit more industrial, yeah. and it's going to last you longer. Um, so I, I wonder if that kind of has to do with that. That's been true with my soap dispensers as well, uh, which is why we currently just have bottles uh, instead of wall-mounted dispensers because they we just burn through them. I want to go back to the pumps. Um, how many of you have taken apart a pump? Okay. 
So, <laughs> I, uh, Graham, Graham did. I wasn't okay. there the day that it happened, but he had to do that. And Good. he was trying to just save the one that we had versus mm-hmm. replacing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he replaced them just for time's sake. And then he had one that he was taking apart and trying to figure out, you know, what was wrong with it so that he could repair it. And I don't, I don't My think staff definitely has. Okay. It's, yeah. Um, I, I think fun. particularly for somebody who is running their own business as an owner, I think that is a really important hurdle to get over that stress of this mm-hmm. weird alien device that I depend on so much, but I don't know what's inside it basically. Um, and then I, I think that can also intimidate people from, from working on it when they start hearing the witches wail that as you're turning it on and like the thing is about to die that you've got a problem, but you're still scared. Um, if you can, and most modern float tanks, you can um, shut off the valves on either side of it. You can take that thing apart and you can break it down and you can find all the, the funky business in that front impeller or yeah, impeller and get all that stuff out. Super helpful in the backside. You know, if it, if it is just jammed up with salt or hair or what have you, you can twist a screw in the back and get that started, you know, turn it on and then twist that screw and get the impeller going, like give it a kickstart basically. Really? What? What did I say? What? Me? Did I say something? No? Okay. Drew, what did you want to say? <laughs> no, I was just, I was thinking, uh, is that, what are some of the issues that someone would be dealing with in taking that apart? Is it, is the big one the hair on the impeller? Um, yeah, I think build up, whether it's hair or just oils and things that eventually become like something kind of solid, almost clay-like that can end up inside there is, is a thing. And then I think um, salt buildup on and around the filter can be an issue as well. So that's part of my maintenance. Then I guess I, I thought you were like taking apart and looking at the wires and taking the casing off and going deep into that, but not, not so much. Huh? Okay. The, yeah, the, I think that's something that if you have, um, cool. it's not a mag drive, right? It's a, um, I mean, there are mag drives, yeah. But That's, the mag drives don't, those are a little more expensive, but don't. Need a lot more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they won't um, get caught up with the hair the way right. that the other ones will. And I do that regularly. I'll take that apart. Nice. Um, maybe every few months, when I say regularly, every few months just to take it apart. Yeah, so that's uh, something I want. This is ridiculous. Uh, uh, <laughs> this episode has gone off the rails. It's off the rails. Um, <laughs> Who knew this would be so sexy? <laughs> <laughs> Our hottest episode is maintenance. Nice. Um, um, so yeah, I was curious about like how often um, somebody should get in there. We do not have a regular disassemble our pump. Um, whether it's months or years or anything, it's only based on you know, issues. hearing something issues. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, that's a big problem that I have with employees, Dylan. I, I myself, I know if there's a sound or a smell mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. two seconds and I'm not kidding about that. I'll know that something's off. Absolutely. Absolutely. Employees are just duh, 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 don't pay attention to that stuff. So that is something that um, maybe if, if you are relying on employees, that's something that, as an owner, they should probably also maybe put that in as a regular maintenance or be checking mm, once in a while point. because it, yeah. I think an employee would let a bad sound go longer yes. than yeah. 
You're right. You would, right. So that's a good, just throw that out there for people. That's a really good that. point. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say there are even, you know, owners too, who may not be as in tune with those things. And, and I think we, and I come from this from like recognizing what the human brain is capable of. My husband is one of those people. He does not see details. He doesn't catch on to things that are misplaced. And like, there, there are so many examples I could give where he, he's not being lazy about it. He's doing everything he's supposed to be doing, but he literally just can't see what I can see. And part of it goes back, like Drew, you know, just being very, very attentive to those details. And I think different people really struggle with doing that. That's where checklists are so, so helpful. And to be detailed on the checklist, because the way that you interpret information is very different. I can say, Oh, mop the room. Right. What does mop the room really mean? If you have expectations rather than me slinging the mop around in a circle in the middle of the room, then you need to really outline that in your maintenance plan too. Nice. To say mopping the room means moving all the furniture out of the way, clearing, <coughs> you know, and really scrubbing in the corners and mm-hmm. really setting like clear, clear expectations on what that actually looks like because a lot of folks yeah. aren't going to get it. And I'm one of those, I'm so detail oriented, but if it's not on a list, I forget. Oh, that I need to check it because I have a million other things going on in my head. Okay. So we have to really like divide and conquer on a lot of that kind of stuff, even though you know, he's technically in charge of like operations and maintenance and things. I have okay. to go in and say, here's something that we need to add to that maintenance list. Here's something we should be looking at on a regular basis. I love that, Kim. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think, um, so like in Helm, you can have, I I did this and like you can even have a detailed explanation but one thing mm-hmm. i think is really cool is to have a laminated checklist where they can physically take it with them into the room and go yes i did that yes i did that have the details right there go oh okay yeah. i'm supposed to do that um yeah yeah we actually we have a paper checklist we do every day because uh graham and i tried electronic systems we tried you know having a laminated checklist um there was just something about the tangibility of saying i did this exactly today and then leaving we have that record you know and our checklists change depending on the season or depending Mm -hmm. on just you know different things that we add to the center or whatever we change so i'm usually very anti-paper but in this case like we have a detailed list of opening shift does all of this closing list, you know, closing does this, here's our side work. And we have a maintenance checklist and some of the tasks are kind of broken up into weekly, some are monthly, um, some are daily. We don't go in on a closed day um, to do maintenance. Okay, we have kids. Yeah, I know, like that's unheard of. We have kids. We, I have multiple companies and responsibilities and um, to go in on your closed day, like if you talk about like burnout, well, geez, you're never yeah. away from the place. Of course, you're going to get burned out. And so we break it up and do a couple of little things each and every day that we're there. And then because we have a little gap in our schedules right now, it's also really easy for us to hop in and do a deep clean on a tank, um, hmm. just one at a time on each turn. And we get them done by the end of the day. Even on our busiest days, we can do that. And if not, we go early or late and do that. But we still, we're not there on the days we're closed. I'm very impressed. I do see employees in the future showing up on closed days because I don't mm-hmm. think you, maybe it's possible, but I don't see the di- that dynamicism uh, happening with employees because there mm-hmm. is that, there's that banshee scream from the, the pump and they're thinking about, I, I don't know what they're going to eat for dinner and it just doesn't get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not all employees by all means that we've had, I would say most of our employees are super on it and would notice something like that. Um, but like I mentioned earlier with the hydrogen peroxide, 
you know, not not catching that, um, having a maintenance day. And then yeah. in my brain is that's where there's another checklist of the deep dive or the, the deep maintenance um, activities where... So currently we have, we are lacking in our maintenance because we do the maintenance. We do the filter swaps. We get in there and get the scum line. We do the general stuff. But um, unless we were running the shop like Drew runs it for the last nine years, like apparently it would still look like we just opened yesterday without Drew does it. But with us, there's, there is salt buildup and there are parts um, you know, where the tank is close to the wall, where there's salt buildup that is difficult to get to, that what we need is a second team of people to go in. That is, you know, I think it's too much to put on one person to do all of these things because they're, the they're in the maintenance mode of the float tanks, these operational things. And then to have somebody else go in and go, I'm getting this pick and I've got this, like, I don't know, like just basically just scraping salt up. And mm-hmm. like, this is going to be my hour of time or four hours, you know, whatever it is of just kind of doing this, this kind of a bummer thing and just listen to a podcast and, or monotonous, I should say. Right. Some people respond better to that than others. Um, and and uh, yeah, so I would encourage people, particularly people who have employees to, to be doing that, um, to keep that place looking fresh, you know? And if I may add, Dylan, there's a couple other things such as the vents. I floated at places where it looked like it had, it was just covered in ice and it was just salt buildup in the vent from the room. And that's an easy one that should be fixed. You really shouldn't have a vent caked with salt, yeah. right? Um, drains, regular maintenance of the drains, the floor drains. I'm regularly, regularly, attending to those to try to prevent any type of drain issues. Um, and that includes snaking them. Yeah. Yeah. I quick note. Um, I highly encourage whatever works best for you, a hell a hair filter on top of your drain. Um, I've pulled entire giant ROUS size beasts, you know, giant rats out of my, um, just hair rats out of my, um, excuse me, shower pans or, or what can I think of the drain shower drain? Mm-hmm massive the water wouldn't go down and so if you can just get these things that on the daily are catching it um you can also have these things that drop in we've lost them so we didn't like it as much um but you can basically just put these things on top of your drain that will catch hair and then you just scoop it up throw it in the trash every time uh, and then you don't get the buildup. love that on that note while we're in showers um we have shower pans um, I don't recommend them. They're very, very slick and dangerous. Um, and so we uh, have a, a second layer that we put on top. It's mm-hmm. a mat. We tried all kinds of different adhesive roll-ons and strips and all kinds of stuff to you know prevent people from falling in the, sh- the shower, but it was still really, really slippery. So we finally eventually found these mats that have little pegs on the bottom. So it just barely lifts it off of the shower floor. So there's some nice drainage. It's very similar to what they use in a lot of uh, restaurant kitchens and you know back of house kind of stuff, but um, it drains out pretty well. But we also have to make sure that we are doing a really solid clean um, on the shower pans. And in addition to just the regular spray on each turn and how we're cleaning that. So we do a weekly, um, there's a product called Spray and Forget. And you literally just spray it on the shower pans. And then we also spray it on the mats themselves. um, Leave that overnight and then hose it off the next morning. And so that just helps to prevent any kind of like pink mildew and that sort of stuff in the Mm -hmm. nooks and crannies of all the uh, showers. I'd like to get a, yeah. a URL for those um, mats. Yeah. 
hook you up. And we also find shower mat, although we don't use those specifically. We found those to be like, mm-hmm. it's crazy how slippery shower pants can yeah. be. It's like, yeah. and we had traditional suction mats that it would only cover like right where you're stepping out of the cabin. And it wasn't enough because we have pretty big uh, five by five showers. And so people were still sliding as soon as they would step off of that. So we needed something that was five by five. And then one of our showers is five by four. So we needed um, custom sizing and you can't just find everyday mats like that. So these are interlocking grids that work really, really well. So, Gloria, how do you work with your employees to make sure that you have that weekly maintenance where we're, we're talking about the the caulking turning red or that, that you know, that kind of red buildup or the salt on the, the edges of the rooms. How do you approach that? Yeah. So, we, I mean, we've used the Helm tasking system for a long time. You know, I think it's kind of fallen out here and there because people kind of get in a routine. But when it comes to deep, deep clean, there are very specific tasks that are, you know, put on timers and they repeat you know, every time they need to be done. So people can just go in and check them off. Um, but yeah, we've got a pretty like regular system now because, you know, I've had Lisa with me for, I mean, she left for a little bit, but she's been with me five and a half years almost now, which is crazy. She is crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, she's she's kind of like the the master of that process. You know, she's the director of operations. So she's outlined everything that needs to be done. Now, can it be improved? Absolutely, right? And unlike Kim, you know, we took a different strategy with our locations where we wanted a variety of different tanks. So each tank has its own personality, the Samadhi yeah. versus the Affiliate versus the pod versus the tanks. But, you know, we really want to have like the, the different experience for different people. But yeah, it definitely needs to be revisited. And some of the things we're talking about, I, I want to go in and just kind of refresh. Um, but yeah, we, we have so many issues that come up all the time that I, and I put this in our little chat here, we have a work order URL so that anybody that sees anything, they, they go to this uh, flit60.com slash work order and now everybody can go see it. Yeah, it's, wow. not, it's not, it's not <laughs> password protected, but basically they select which location they're working in and notice one is missing. Um, that's a story for another day. Um, we, we talk about what the issue is, if it's a high priority, if it's impacting appointments, um, the date the issue was noticed, you know, if the troubleshooting was already done, who did it? And then that this then populates a master spreadsheet that then is timestamped as when this came in. So we can kind of have a bird's eye view of everything that's, that's going on. Nice. Now, quite honestly, again, sometimes people forget this is here. Oh, okay. And then, you know, so we're, we just ruled this out again. Um, and now I have a guy that I use who's a contractor and he's, you know, addressing some of the heavier things like the electrical nice. things. We, we recently uh, ripped out one of our rooms in River North because we're adding a sauna there and a cold plunge. So we're going to be four tanks there instead of five. And when we ripped that out, this was last week, by the way, um, we caused a myriad of problems because I have the wave rooms the original wave rooms that are kind of hooked together and then run on visualizations versus having their own brains on a iPad. So part of the brain was missing and uh, 
the other two tanks didn't work either. So we were down three tanks. Um, So that was a fun adventure. That was two Fridays ago. Um, But we got all of that worked out. We we literally had to trick the system into thinking the third tank was there. So it's like the components are there and it's just uh, kind of inventing. Oh yeah. It was a complete (laughs) fiasco. Yeah. There's so much more to that story too. But um, the point is like, there's so much cause and effect, right? Like, especially if you've been in business a long time, one thing I would say for everybody who's listening, document the way the place was constructed and the way things hooked together in the first place. Cause I guarantee you were will forget when you're five years in and 75,000 floats later, you will forget, Totally, especially if you have new people coming in. Right. So yeah, it's been a freaking adventure. Wow. Good at times. (laughs) I want to take a quick break. I want to talk about isopod real quick. And I mean, something you brought up just made me think of something that I absolutely love about isopod, which is that they have a remote control that connects directly to the float tank this through an ethernet so you don't if your internet drops that doesn't affect your float tanks you know that doesn't affect the systems going on so you every single time you get to manually decide and if you want to set somebody up for a double length float that's great you can just increase the timer they want to listen to music during it you just change a setting you know that you can do all that right from the remote control and Again, Ethernet plug and play, basically. It's it's super simple. So you don't have to stress about any of that stuff or depend on any outside environmental impacts. So that's something that I love about it. In addition to just the fact that while they're super aesthetically pleasing, they aren't built chintzy. You know, they I as I've been floating in more float tanks recently and seeing some different styles, they are built differently. And these guys have been building float tanks for a very long time. You don't see issues like the bubbling that can occur for more amateur fiberglassing. They're, they are heavy, you know, they're built very well, which includes all the, the filtration and everything is just like almost industrial behind the scenes stuff. It's hardcore because it's, it's built to last. I mean, arguably forever, it's, it's intense stuff. But again, from client facing, super clean. This is an ad, by the way. <laughs> isopod, <laughs> i-sopp.com, i-sopp.com, isopod.com, and check out their float tanks. I love them. We got one, and when we replaced another float tank, just had to get another because our clients liked them so much. So again, check out Isopod. One thing I want to mention before you wrap up is a really rando one. Um, I did mention on the pod years ago, which is simply check behind your light switches um, where people touch. It's actually kind of crazy how much salt will build up behind there. Technically, um, Epsom salt, dried Epsom salt is a retardant, so it's not going to encourage a fire, but it also can conduct electricity when it's wet. I don't know. You don't even want to mess with it. I've had a button. It was a flip button uh, pushed out of the socket um, because of so much buildup. Don't don't get to that point. Um, have Helm or you know whatever system you use, have it pop up an alert every six months and uh, for maintenance day, take off, take those off um, and just blow out the air behind them. Um, we just had that happen this week. Oh, funny. Didn't? You're kidding yeah. me. Nice. We had a, we had a, um, I mean, not nice. Oh, you know, a motion detector, <laughs> a motion sensor. Oh, sure. Go out for that very reason. It was caked in salt behind it. And then our timer switch to our pod went out about a month ago, and I had to have that replaced. Same thing. Okay. Crazy. So so people were still touching your motion sensors? (laughs) Yeah, because it's right next to the other light switch. 
Yeah. Got so you, okay, gotcha. you never know, right? Yeah, you never know. They touch everything. They touch everything. They everything. They yeah. touch everything. Yeah. No, Crazy. but I remember listening to that episode a million oh, years ago, funny. Dylan, and and that's one of the reasons we decided to put motion sensor lights, no light switches. The the actual cleaning light switch is on the outside of the room. Oh wow. And so if you want that light on, you have to turn it on before you enter the room. And uh, we actually even put covers over them to discourage anybody from ever touching them. Um, but we can flip them on on and off. And it, it, it's also helpful for trying to wake people up. But it was because you oh, said sure. that. And so as you were talking, I'm like, oh, we've got motion sensor lights. People aren't touching it. But then Gloria chimes in. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> right. It's, it's right. Touching yeah. It? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, it's because maybe next they are. to another switch. So yeah. that's a good point. Right. But yeah, and even if they don't touch them, I'm convinced that, right. you know, just by being in the room for this long, the oh, moisture, yeah, sure. it's just exactly. going to get get yep. the buildup, right? Yep. So Just, just yep. maintenance check it. There's Good nothing times. wrong getting eyes on Good it. Good times. And of course, you, you break my brain by thinking about, A, the history with you, Kim, and, and Art of the Float, but also just like, <laughs> that's right, people listen to this and make decisions based on it. It's Thank actually you. influences flow centers, <laughs> right? Well, hopefully we were able to change some, you know, get some gears going on thinking about maintenance today. Um, did we cover everything? Is there anything else we want to cover that you guys... I don't know if this is maintenance, Dylan, but sure. I often will go around with a uh, like a duster and uh-huh. dust all the corners, the, just the, edges. the salt buildup. Well, not just in the float rooms, in oh, cool. yeah, but like the ceilings and stuff, but also the lobby, the bathroom. Constantly making sure the bathrooms are in tip-top shape. We have a couple of um, females here, and I do think that that is a thing that females look at a little bit more closely than males. And I think if you have a clean bathroom, it says a lot about your place. Right. So I'm constantly Mm -hmm. making sure that is like perfect. After everyone uses it, I'm going in there and making sure it's good to go. Drew, you would make the best roommate. I swear. No doubt about it. I would love to live with you. Let's all just move in together. When we're not recording, I'll, when we're not recording, I'll tell you some of the horrors I used to do to my roommates I didn't get along with in college. <laughs> okay. That'll be oh, I have some stories too. We'll and we'll have another episode for that. Yeah. Um, I have I have another <laughs> I have another random one for you. Please, um, yes. So we are in a partial basement. It's a walkout basement. You have to come down a couple of steps to come oh. into our center. And uh, this weekend, I plopped down in our lounge chair and leaned back and it was a beautiful sunny day. So I looked up because we do have windows there, you know, um, what are they called? Dormer windows. They're up pretty high on the, the wall, but it's basically ground level window. And as I was looking, I see little spots up there. So add to your maintenance to check your window sills. And if you have ever had a leak behind drop ceilings that you remove those acoustic tiles and check things on a routine basis, because you don't know if it's the M word or if it's just some little black spots that have caused some wood rot from hundred plus year old wood. You don't know, but you're going to check it out. So add it to your list to check on a regular basis. We didn't even talk about the ceilings and what goes on in the ceilings. And <laughs> yeah. I, I think we really should reserve that for the PTSD episode. Um, mine would qualify because, you know, I'm sure a lot of people have seen the video that I shared when I spoke at the conference about the ceiling caving in because we had a busted water coil. But there's there's maintenance to that too, right? There's maintenance to all of those HVAC systems and 
you know, what to look for when you're even acquiring a building. I mean, there's just so much to the HVAC mm-hmm. topic that it probably deserves yeah. its own show, but I'm not sure who pouring, would tune in. Pouring hot water down your drains anywhere throughout your center. If mm, you have yes. floor drains, clear Fruit those regularly. Yes, yes. Um, a few. The list goes on. A few from the Float on. Collective, if I may. Uh, Jeremy Jacob yeah. um, mentioned. I'll include the link that he included, which is a crazy uh, device to clamp onto your filter to to rotate it to unlock it. I we just have plumbing wrenches at the shop, which are also beastly and insane, but. Absolutely. Make sure that you know the measurements of your pipes and make sure you have wrenches that are big enough to pop those things off. Because some of them, even if you are supposed to tighten by hand because of how the Epsom salt can, you know, harden, um, you might need to use that, um, use a wrench to get them. Steve McCready also mentions uh, gel coat finish with your marine grade wax. So basically waxing your tank. Oh boy. Um, way, to, way to go out on this episode. Uh, it, it, just like your car, you can... Uh, thank you, Steve McCready. Um, you can buff and shine and make sure that thing looks uh, fresh and new. Um, so that's a good thank you for that. And Joseph Gerbowski? Yeah, there's a reason I don't say names on the pod anymore uh, for Patreon subscribers. Uh, he has a whole list here. I'm going to go through a few of them. Uh, uh, circ pump clean, uh, circulation pump cleaning and replacement, UV lap replacement, LED light mm, replacement. Basically, like just making sure these things are operational. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. Light music mic replacement. So I think that I, in my mind, those aren't maintenance. That's just ensuring that it's working properly. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to your audio and make sure it's at the right volume. Because um, you know, if it's really loud and it's bugging people, they might not even tell you. So just that kind of maintenance in case an employee might have accidentally altered it. How to reconnect a pod or a tank in the PC Relay app doesn't recognize it anymore. How to replace the hydraulic arms, resetting IP addresses. In my opinion, we're getting into the weeds of things to know, but not as Mm -hmm. much maintenance again. Not preventative um, care. Not preventative care, but also like good heads up on things as an owner you need to know. And so a strut goes down and you've, you've got another set of customers coming up like... You got to be able to pop that thing off and get a new one on there ASAP. Yep, um, been so there, done that. I like that. Uh, how to clean the caulk seams without tearing away at the caulk. These are just a few um, people, especially That's what she said. should know. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, Drew already talked about his caulk, so we're good. But uh, thank you again, Joseph, for bringing that up. And what a beautiful episode tonight, our maintenance episode, the only episode we've ever had to put an explicit tag on. <laughs> Uh, Dylan, on yeah. a serious note, before we go, I would Only just like to notes. say, why? Yeah. It, yeah, why do you mention it? Sometimes things go wrong, and in the moment, it really, really stinks, and it seems like it's the end of the world, and it's super sure. stressful. Yeah. But the amount that you learn when things go wrong, yes. you can't teach that. And some, like, it's just it seems to be part of the industry. Like a pipe has to loosen up, or yeah. the glue something gives, and you learn, and you won't do it again, and you're aware of it. So try to look at the positive, even though in the moment it really stinks. But I remember when I first had my filtration systems and how confusing mm. it looked, and how intimidated yes, I was. Yes, I remember and I am that. not intimidated by any of it anymore. But when I show people who aren't familiar with it, they're like, "Whoa, you know what all this does?" I'm like, "Well, it's actually kind of easy once you know that the water just flows in one direction." <laughs> right? Yeah. Totally. You know? yeah. So it's love you for saying that, Drew. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just a, a reminder. Yeah, you you're learning, and 
you pretty much need something to go wrong to become better at it in the float world, it seems like. And you'll, you, you will get better at it. On, on the same note, just know that all of us in the float community have also been in, in these horrible places. Like it, you, oh, we, we have reach out. sewage. I got you. If you have to wade through sewage, no, <laughs> oh, I've got you got on that too. <laughs> We've got stories. Yeah. If you haven't had to do that, you're okay. And if you're stuck on something, you can all call me. I may not answer if I'm by myself because that <laughs> happens a lot, but feel free to reach out and ask a question. Every now and then I'll get a phone call from somebody and I'm happy to help. So nice. shoot me an email, phone call, whatever you need. Love it. I think that's true for all of us. You can hit hit us up. And uh, we're also all available for... Oh no, Gloria, she's tapped out. She's doing this. <laughs> <laughs> The rest of us, if it if it's deep diving and you want to go there, we're available for consulting as well. It's always fun. Uh, let's see here. I think um, I just want to give a few shout outs. Of course, uh, shout out to Helmbot, shout out to Isopod, and shout out to Mindful Solutions. That's mindful2ls.solutions.com is where you want to go to learn about how to no. business. Oh, no. that's right. No, it's just dot solutions. <laughs> so, I mean, my goal is by 2022, I'm just going to have this dialed. I'm you giving myself it. a little little leeway here, some <gasps> runway. So, um, yeah. Anyway, she takes care of the float shop social media, and it doesn't mean that I don't do social media anymore. It just means that I know there's a constant quality drip of social media coming out there that I don't have to be stressed out about, and I love that. Um, yes, mm, thank you, Kim. I really appreciate <laughs> what you do, um, and then. I, I just highly encourage anybody to talk to Kim and, and uh, see kind of kind of like if it's a good fit for you, but like how stressed out do you get doing your social media? Like what's your dollar value for that to be reaching people, boosting engagement and all that? Um, for me, it is invaluable. Also, thanks for taking show notes, Kim. Really appreciate it while we're podcasting. Thanks to my co-host so much. It's always such a joy and a pleasure <laughs> to uh, just talk Sometimes shop, just real technical stuff. And yeah, uh, just Keep getting it ready, keeping it clean. Absolutely. The pods, I mean. Yeah, what, 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 would, what else would we be thinking, Kim? Right. Uh, and a big, big shout out to Olga. Thank you so much. Olga is our show producer. My gosh, you are making such a wonderful impact on our show and we truly, truly appreciate it. And until next time, remember, use 100% silicone caulk. We'll see you next week. 